Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. We are coming into a new section now. We're going to be talking about love. And uh, especially in times like this, I believe this is so important. We're going to um, continue on in, uh, in this chapter, beginning in verse 7 now. And in fact, in verses 7 through 21, which is the rest of this chapter, the Apostle John is going to turn his attention back to the subject of love. He began this in chapter 3 and he's picking it up again in this chapter now. And now he's going to broaden and expand and enhance its significance. And he begins in verse 7 by saying, Beloved, let us love one another. Uh, in his commentary, John MacArthur says that the phrase, this phrase is the key to the entire section. The original language conveys the idea of making sure that love is a habitual practice. I think this is one of the things that makes times like this so difficult because, you know, when, you, when love is, is just something you just habitually do, and suddenly, you know, you're told not to, in a sense. And it's not to love as much as, you know, keeping distance and so on. It becomes difficult. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I believe that we can do is we can show love in different ways. Um, love does not necessarily mean you hug someone. It may mean that you, you know, buy them something that they need. And I won't dis dis describe what... What I'm talking about, you all know what I'm talking about because I don't want people listening to this go, what, what are they talking about, you know, uh, about those things. Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's, love is saying, look, I'll get two and give you one. You know what I'm trying to say? Amen? And w we can show love in different ways that are meaningful. And I think especially in times like this, it, it is important that we do so. I, I, it reminds me of a story that I heard recently, and I pray that this is correct, um, that, you know, in, the, in Roman times, when the bubonic plague hit, and, uh, you know, everybody was just, millions were dying, and everybody was just running out of the cities, the Christians ran into the cities, and they began looking after people. And, and you know, they were sacrificing themselves to do that. And it is the thing that turned the tide on the thing. On the plague because God was there. And I truly believe miracles began to happen. They don't tell us that part. But you know when God turns up so does the miracles. And you know it, apparently that's where hospitals were born. Because people would be taking people on that were actually sick and looking after them. And because of that the Roman government turned their attention away from persecuting Christians to the place where they said, we're going to believe this, and whoever doesn't believe this, well, we, we're going to shoot them now, <laughs> okay? Not that they could shoot them. But, you know, the, and I believe that's where the Roman Catholic Church came from. Uh, but, you know, the, it, was, it was a way that they showed love, and there are ways that we can show love. Amen? The Apostle John learned about this kind of love from Jesus himself, as recorded in the gospel, uh, in his gospel, in fact, in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35 where Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you love uh, one another. Also love one another, excuse me. And he says in verse 35, by this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love uh, for one another. Now, first of all, the Apostle John is letting us know in all of this, that as difficult as this may be to do, this is not a suggestion, <laughs> okay? It is a commandment. 
Love is a commandment. The second thing, what makes this a new commandment, because see, they were told to love in the old commandment. Remember, I think in Leviticus 19.18 or something like that, it says love your neighbor. Okay, so what, what makes this a new commandment? What makes this a new commandment is the standard for loving one another was going to be Jesus Christ himself. I want you to notice that little phrase when he said to them, as I have loved you, this is back in verse 34, as I have loved you, that you love one another. That's what was new. See, Jesus loved us in a whole different way to the way we used to love one another. Okay? And in fact, God so loved the world, he was talking about himself, that he gave his only begotten son. He was going to die for us so that we could have eternal life. Amen? And you know, that, that says so much about the kind of love that the Apostle John is talking about and the kind of love that we are to walk in. Amen. All right. Uh, this was a divine love that far surpassed anything they had ever known with the Apostle Paul give us, giving us an extremely detailed description of it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where he writes in verses 4 through 7 from the New Living Translation. <laughs> Dear Lord. And I picked this version up because... You know, nobody understands half the wor words in the, in the King James Version, so I picked this one up for you guys. He says, your love is patient and kind. Now, I want you to think about these in terms of how we are towards each other and how God is towards us. Did you all get that? Okay, I don't want this just to be words that just roll off a page. God is patient and God is kind toward us, which means we can make all kinds of mistakes and he's not going to send us to hell, <laughs> okay? Regardless of what some preachers might say, okay? Some preachers preach, as soon as you make a mistake, you're in trouble. You better get born again and again, you know? And you better repent, and you better stop backsliding and everything else. But I want you to notice that love, notice the first two things. The first thing is love is patient. Do you know why? Because we really test God's patience, don't we? <laughs> you know, so, much of, so many of us just really push the boundaries. You know, like kids do, parents. You thought you had patience until you had a kid. Then you don't know where it went. <laughs> you know, okay. <laughs> he says love is patient and kind. Love is kind. Patience is putting up with things. Kindness is giving. Kindness is not just in deed, but in word as well. Amen? And you know, in times like this, one of the kindest things you can do is pray for people. One of the kindest things that you can do, and I'm talking about doing things now, is use your faith on behalf of people. One of the kindest things that you can do is stand up on the inside and say, no, this thing will not overtake this nation. This thing will not overtake our households. This, will, this thing will not overtake the believers in this city. In Jesus' name. I don't care where they sit. <laughs> you know? Non-denominational or whatever. Okay? We, we need to see, because they're all our brothers and sisters out there. And you know, the Apostle Paul says, when one of us hurt, all of us are hurting. And we really need to get that revelation. Amen? I want, verse 5, I think, could really applies to what I've been seeing on social media right now. It's very sad. Where it says, love is not rude, excuse me, yeah, let, let's continue, I, I jumped to verse, back to verse 4, so first thing he says, love is patient, love is kind, he says, love is not jealous or boastful or proud, 
Now, this is where we need to be careful as well, because sometimes we can get a little bit boastful. Well, bless God, we're, we're a faith church. You know, look at them church. They're all sick and dying over there, and we're, we're good. Okay? <laughs> okay? We can't do stuff like that. Amen. We are not, again, you know, that opens the door for things to come in. I have found that the moment somebody opens their mouth to begin to criticize something because things are going well for them, suddenly they just crash and burn. And so, I, <laughs> I, is that one of the most difficult things you can do? I don't know. I, I find it a difficult thing to do sometimes, especially, you know, when you have been standing and somebody's been criticizing you, and then suddenly you're doing well and they're not. And we so want to say, I told you so, or something to that effect. Amen. <laughs> okay? And we need to resist that because we are not boastful. We are not proud. Amen? We are not jealous either. Okay. I, I could preach on all this, but I won't. Continue on verse 5. It says, all rude. Wow. Right now, some of the things that are going on out there, people are just thinking about themselves. And you know, when you think about yourself, you can get really rude. Possessive. Demanding. I could go on. <laughs> okay? Continuing on, it says, love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of when it has been wronged. And that's something that we need to do as well, family, because one of the things that Jesus said was, he, right after he talked about moving mountains, he said, if you have ought against any, forgive. He didn't put any conditions on that. He didn't say forgive if. <laughs> Don't we wish, some of us, that he said if? Okay, <laughs> he didn't put an if. I want to write if in there, okay? But he didn't put an if in there. He, you know why he said to unconditionally forgive? Not so that you can be a rug to be walked on, because that's where the power comes from. And anything you hold on to is going to compromise your mountain-moving faith power, your, your virus-destroying faith power. Anything in there will, will compromise it. So you don't want anything getting in the way of you being able to just, you know, speak and it happens. Can I get an amen on that? Amen? See, this is, we always miss these things. We think, no, we have a right to be mad. We have a right to dot, 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 whatever. God is saying, yeah, I know it may seem that way, but you are, you are literally killing yourself when you hold on to things. Amen? And now I know it's not easy. I understand. I have things in my life that I keep coming up and then I have to keep repenting. And they come up and I repent. And they come up and I repent. <laughs> you go, Pastor, you? Yes, I'm like you. I put on my trousers one leg at a time. It doesn't just kind of, you know, suddenly just materialize and woohoo. Amen. We all need to do the same thing. <laughs> you know, I just have the responsibility of getting this to you and having to listen to it about 600 times before I give it to you. <laughs> Amen. Okay. You get it once. I, okay. <laughs> Where was I? All right. Verse 6. It is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Are you hearing this? Love never gives up. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Did you see that? This is how Jesus loves us, and we are to love others. 
Are you getting this now? Especially in difficult times. And it is when you walk in this kind of love that the Apostle Paul goes on to say in verse 8, I'm so glad he went on to say in verse 8, love never fails. Do you understand what that means? It doesn't mean that if you are nice to someone, that they'll always be nice back to you. It means that if you walk in love, you will never fail. And even though they may not respond in the right way, whatever you're believing for, you'll get. Hallelujah. Whatever disease tried to get on your body, it will die. Are you all here? This is how it works. That's why love never fails. People read that and think, well, if I do the right thing, then people will be forced to do the right thing. You can't. Somebody, <laughs> he said, somebody, somebody once said, how come God allows things, you know, so much bad to go out in the world? He says, because he allows you to make a decision. That's why if you want to get rid of all the bad, just kill all the people. No. <laughs> you know? I'm saying, you know, I'm just saying, man, listen, you, you, I, why, I don't know what the big mystery is when people say, well, we don't understand why God allows this thing. Look at you. Look in the mirror. Amen. Isn't it funny that the people that say things like that are the ones that insist on doing things their way? And they don't want God in their life, you know? Hello. Okay. Returning to First John chapter 4 and verse 7. The Apostle John goes on to say, let us. And by saying let us, the Apostle John lets us know that this is something that we have to decide to do. When he says let us, he's saying let us. We need to do this. Are you all with me? Amen. And it is going to be, it's going to require some effort and determination on our part to develop and work at before we get to the place where we love each other the way that Jesus has asked us to. Can I get an amen on that one? Okay. Especially those people who make it hard to do so. You know, sometimes you just love people and you just do everything you can and they just resist you. And you think, why? You know, I go out of my way to be nice and then you be like this. And please don't ever, don't ever allow their response, negative response, to determine how you are going to be. Don't let, let, let me say it a different way. Don't let them and their attitude steal your blessings. Get it? Whenever it rises up, you just say, this is not about them. This is about my blessings. This is about what God wants me to do. And if I act ugly, then I'm going to put myself in the same place that, you know, they are and miss out on everything that I, uh, you know, that God wants to bless me with. Amen. Okay. For most of us, if not all, it will probably take a lifetime to develop. Can I get an amen on that one? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's certainly worth the rewards. And it all begins with a single decision. See, family, this is not an overnight thing. It's going to take a decision and then another decision and then another decision. And it's going to be that way for the rest of your life. Don't think you're going to get to a place where, you know, bless God, everything is going to be fine. And suddenly you're just going to be like floating six feet above the ground. And I can just love anything. <laughs> okay. Oh, somebody will come and burst that bubble quickly. All I can say is be on guard. Amen. And we can love without being vulnerable. And we need to learn how to do that. Do you know, can, can I give you a secret on how to do that? You love in this way. You love 
Because as you love, regardless of how, and you need to do this, regardless of how the person reacts to you, you see the Lord's face in what you do. And you see him smiling when you do the right thing. And what's in front of you might become this horrible creature and bite you. It doesn't matter. You, are, you need to keep your eyes on him in everything that you do. Do it as unto the Lord. You get it now? And if you keep God in, in your heart and in your mind in doing this and say, Lord, I'm doing this because this makes you smile. They may just take advantage, but this makes you smile. I'm more interested in you smiling than whatever their reaction is. You're here, and trust me, things will begin to change. If you do that, see, a lot of times what we do, and I, I, I put my hand up as well, okay? A lot of times what we do is we'll do something nice and look for that return. And when it doesn't come, bless God, we just, <laughs> okay? I said, God, I'm not doing this again. He goes, oh, who were you doing it for? <laughs> I thought it was for me. Are you all with me? Is it, is it easy? No. Can it be developed? Yes. How does it begin? With a single decision. Did you get that? Amen. Okay. How much time do I have left? Oh, somewhere between that and that. All right. <laughs> Let's continue. <clears throat> Returning to 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. He says again, Beloved, let us love one another. And then he's, he adds, For love is of God. Now, the phrase for love is of God, from the literal text, is better translated, For divine love comes from God. Now, that makes a lot more sense, doesn't it? When he just, instead of just saying, for love is of God, what this in the literal text says is divine love. See, now it makes sense. It's not just any kind of love. It's divine love. And he says divine love comes from God. Now, we really need to get a hold of this because what he's saying is the kind of love that we are to walk in actually comes from God, which means that God is the one that powers it. <laughs> now, if you get a revelation on this, hallelujah, okay? If God is the one that powers it, then God is the one responsible for you to help you to walk in it. And if it ain't working, you, it's kind of like God, you, 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 the battery ran out. What happened, God? <laughs> okay? What we need to do is stay connected to Him. That's the reason why we pray, by the way. It's not a religious act. It's we want to connect. We are the branches. He is the vine. He is the center of all of our life. And when we connect to that vine, then we bear fruit. I said this to you before. That's what's really interesting. The vine doesn't bear fruit. The branches bear fruit. Isn't that interesting? But the branches cannot bear fruit unless they are locked into the vine. Amen? And so that's what this brings out. This is bringing out something very significant. Because sometimes, you know, a few little words here and there make a huge difference. And this tells us that it is a divine love and that it comes from God. Amen? All right. Accordingly, Simon J. Kissemaker confirms all this and says that John is not discussing the affection that family members have for each other. Rather, he writes the verb love, which means divine love. John indicates that God initiates divine love, shower, showers it, upon his people and expects it in turn that they, oh, excuse me and expects in turn 
that they express the same divine love to each other. Did you get all of that? He showers us with his love and then wants us to take that and allow that to flow back out into the world. Understand something. God is never going to ask you to do something that he doesn't first empower you to do. This is a very difficult time that we're living in right now. And we need to stay connected to God. I think sometimes, and, and you know, let me take another moment here. Be careful as much as you get the facts and make sure you're getting the facts. Let me stop there for a minute. There's a lot of stuff that is going on out there. And a lot of people are saying a lot of things that are not factual. Okay. And they are driving, you know, because they want to make a profit from this. And so they are panicking people on purpose and doing things that are not right. And you need to be careful to divide the facts from the fiction, so to speak. Amen. Because, you know, in order for us to walk by faith, we need to have the facts. Amen. And, as I said to you before, don't let the facts turn you into fear. Don't let it push you in that direction where we're now starting to get afraid. They are, you need to understand something. What is being done right now is for the people, and you need to see this, that people without God need to do something. Do you all get this? If you're without God, man, you are out there on your own. And so, you know, the government has to make sure that all of those people are looked after. But we need to be careful that we don't take that and swallow it and make it a part of our lifestyle. Like I said, obey the rules, but still walk by faith and walk in love. Amen? Amen. Okay. I don't really have to edit all this out, but never mind. Oh, we'll keep this as a time. We'll look back and go, remember that. And we did nothing that we were ashamed of. Did you hear me? Be careful that you don't look back on this time and get disappointed in yourself and your behavior. Amen? This is a time to shine. This is the time to do extraordinary things. This is the time to go beyond. This is the time you should look back and say, wow, I didn't know I had it in me. Because where sin abounds and where problems abound, grace does much more abound. Amen? Amen. Okay. I did want to share a message that would help you in this time. I didn't just want to preach what's on the page. So I am going to do that and honor what God asked me to do. Amen? It's, it's a very delicate balance. Okay, getting back to this. <laughs> Since this, this love is divine in nature, the Apostle John goes in to say in verse 7, going back to 1 John 4 and verse 7, he says, and everyone who loves with this divine love is born of God. With this understanding, we now know that this verse is not saying that everyone who simply loves is born of God. Okay, because we understand now it is a divine love. You all with me? So, because some people sort of say, oh, look, that person is very loving, so they're of God, they're born of God. <laughs> eh, there's love and then there's love. Okay, there is, there is friendship love and then there is this kind of divine love. There's romantic love as well, by the way, and all kinds of other kinds of love. I won't get into the other ones. But okay, but there is this love, which is what the, the um, King James used to uh, translated it as charity. Because they didn't know how else to translate the kind of love that gives and doesn't expect anything in return. 
See, so they write, they, if you read this in the Old King James, it actually says charity is, you know, is, is patient and kind and so on and so forth. Because they didn't know how else to say, this is not a love that expects anything in return. This is a love that gives and then that's it. Okay. Now, <laughs> however, what this is saying is that all those who are born again do in fact receive God's nature. And since God's nature exhibits divine love as a chief characteristic, then God's children should also reflect that same divine love as a chief characteristic as well. Uh, do I need to say all that again? Did you all get that? I'm going to say it again. I don't know, only two people said yes. All right. <laughs> Listen, everyone who's born again, can we all agree? Okay, we're all born again. Receives God's nature. This is a really key thing that somewhere inside of you is something that is driving you. And it might be driving you nuts if you don't want to do it, okay? <laughs> because suddenly, you know, certain things come into play and you feel like your nature wants to do something other than what you are told to do. So let me continue here. Since God na God's nature exhibits divine love as a chief characteristic, do you get this? Then God's children are also going to reflect that in their, in their behavior. It's going to be coming out and it's going to show through. Like I said, what we need to do is work out how we can show this within the boundaries. Amen? All right, the Apostle John then goes on to add, let's try and finish this verse at least today, everyone who loves in this agape way is born of God and knows God. Watch this now. He says, everyone who loves in this, in this way, okay, in this agape way, is born of God and goes on to say something else. He says, knows God. You see, the only way you can walk in this kind of love is to have a relationship with that kind of God that has that kind of love. And you see that kind of love being shown towards you. And then what you want to do is show that same love towards others. You know, I think one of the greatest things that ever happened to me was in a time of prayer that, you know, when the presence of God just came in and I saw everything that I always believed. I always believed that God was a good God, that God was a loving God, that God was a giver of every good and perfect gift, that he didn't come with disease and sickness and poverty and everything else. Always believed that he was a God who had everything to give and he gave everything. Are you all with me? And when I saw that and when I had that experience, I still remember it to this day. Now I've had many experiences since, but this was the first one. You know, that, that, that first time, it was the first time that that hit me. And I, I, just, I just saw and sensed God in such a way that I thought, everything that I knew about you and I instinctively knew about you was right. And so I came against everything that everybody else taught against from that point on. That was against that, what I had seen and what I had experienced. And I realized that one day we're going to be standing in front of God in that way. He is going to be... See, we still, you know... I guess we still don't have the revelation that he literally is love. He is the personification of love itself. He is love. So when you stand in front of that, you're everything, everything that you did that was out of love is going to just show up like a sore thumb. And you're suddenly going to go, oh, all those things I defended myself about, that was all wrong, is what's going to happen. 
And so it's better you get that now and understand that that kind of love, listen, see, all of this, I kept seeing something in the Bible and I never, not, never, never really got a hold of it. And I used to think, oh, dear God, they're talking about love again. Why, why do they keep bringing this up? And I suddenly realized that everything that the apostles based their faith on was God's love for them. In that, he loved them so much he wouldn't let them fail. If they ever stepped out in faith, he'd be there. Even if they didn't have the faith, he would make up for it. You know, there's a gift of faith. There's a manifestation in the gifts of the Spirit. It's actually not gifts, it's actually a manifestation of the Spirit. It's the one Spirit he manifests in nine different ways. Okay. And one of those is faith. And there's a place if you don't have faith and you just step out. And again, as the Spirit leads. Don't jump out the boat and say, Lord, it's you. And while you're thinking, he goes, no, that wasn't me. You're on your own now. Get a floaty. You know, okay? No, if he, if he asks you to do something and you step out, the water will solidify. You will walk. Because suddenly a gift of faith will begin to operate or a manifestation of faith will begin to operate in your life. And you will do extraordinary things. I know people that have done this uh, on tape, you know, and they said they wake up the next morning and go, dear God, what did I just do? You know, it just blew their mind what they went out and did. Because the gift of faith, that manifestation of faith was working. And it went so far beyond what they could actually believe. And, you know, and this guy said he just freaked out at the other end. He thought, my Lord. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it took him a little while to get over it. But it was also very exciting to see what God can do through you. Amen? Amen. Now, please, 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 don't take what I said now and run out there and do something dumb. Okay, don't do that. What did I say at the beginning? Be led by the Spirit in everything you do. Where you go and where you don't go. Did you hear me? Amen. Amen. Let's continue. All right. In other words, walking in divine love is proof that a person is not only born of God, but actually knows God. Because this kind of love can only come from time spent with God. As I. Howard Marshall puts it, a person cannot come into a relationship with a loving God without being transformed into a loving person. I love that. Isn't that beautiful? Amen? A person cannot come into relationship with a loving God without being transformed into that same kind of person that he is. Hallelujah. Further to this, we'll conclude with this. Thomas F. Johnson explains what it means to know God by saying that this knowing is not knowing about informational or doctrinal, but is personal, relational knowing, the knowing among members of the same family. Beloved, now are we the children of God. And not only are we children of God, separate from him, we are children of God in his family, knowing him. And the more time we spend with him as his children, in his presence, the more and more we'll become like him. And not just in the way we love, but in the power that begins to pour out of us. Do you understand? You can't, you know, Moses proved this out. Old Testament Moses goes up on the mountain, stays in the presence of God, comes back down from the mountain, keeps everybody awake at night because he's glowing. They had to actually put a bag over him 
because he was glowing and keeping everybody awake. Are you with me? You get in the presence of God. You think any germ could sit on that? <laughs> Follow me now. Do you think anything could come on that and survive? Absolutely not. In fact, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it, had, it had come to a place where if there was any sin in people's life, I think it was really annoying them. Because that's what God's, God's glory does. It begins to eradicate everything that is in the kingdom of darkness. Whatever form that may take. Amen? And fam family, right now, we need to allow that God that is on the inside of us. And we talked about this before when Jesus said that, you know, I am in you and you are in me and we're in God. And all that wonderful stuff needs to work now. He is more powerful than anything that the enemy can do. Can you get an amen on that? And he lives in you. And he will show himself strong through you. Amen. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you today.